Hello and welcome to Novel Not New, a True End podcast. It's a narrative gaming book club podcast where we tackle games that happen to have a meaty narrative side. <laughs> I don't know why I use the meaty there, but it's whatever. I'm your host, Jennifer Uncle, and uh, joining me as always, Six Detmart. Hello, hello. And Olivia Joseph. Uh, hold on. We're still getting through the meat. No, sorry, you you caught me in the middle of finishing my magic brownie. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> uh, before we get into magic brownies, uh, what have y'all been playing? Let's talk about cosmic brownies. You know, little Desi- Debbie's cosmic brownies? I don't think I've ever had any little Debbie's anything, to be honest. What? What is a cosmic brownie? It's just, it's got like, like... They're like sprinkles that are like shaped like little, like very small spree almost. They're like these sort of like orbs almost, but they have the, anyway, um, they've basically, they're, they're like brownies with a little bit of layer of like fudge icing and then sprinkles on top. They're cosmic brownies. Sure. Cause it's like stars, except for stars aren't pink and orange and green. So it's kind of, you don't like know, stars. have you ever been to yeah, one? I do. Yes. Oh, <laughs> we talked just last time about how I play a lot of Final Fantasy 14 and they're always referring to the planet as a star. So in fact, I have been to a star. Now hold on. That seems like uh-huh. some that seems like some hot bullshit to me. I mean, yeah, it's Final Fantasy. What the fuck do you want? <laughs> <sighs> yeah, last I heard when you were playing Final Fantasy, they were saying some weird things about the moon, but uh I guess we can't get into that too far because a lot of people play Final Fantasy fourteen and it might be a spoiler. It's okay, I just had the stone soldier destroy the moon. Also, I wouldn't let you talk about Final Fantasy fourteen on this podcast. I need one safe again, space. You mean to say fuck, again. Fuck. Because I did last month. <laughs> Sorry, I wiped that from my memory. <laughs> <laughs> I I just want one safe space in my life. No. Yeah, isn't that how it is, huh? <laughs> isn't that how it fucking is? Well, uh, I, in fact, uh, have been playing Final Fantasy VIII Remastered. Ooh, nice. Uh, I, was, I was hoping I'd, I'd scare Olivia a little bit with the wind-up there. It's but... okay. No, you didn't. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <You're>... <laughs> I'm very brave. Um... um I, I I really like that game. I, I I'm still early on in the remaster, and I know from playing this game previously that uh, at least last time my opinion of the latter half was not as as positive as my opinion of the first half of that game, right? But it's it's weird because this game's characterization is really inconsistent. As in, like, there are characters that are just kind of there, and there are characters who get so much development. Um, in a way that's very strange. It feels like, um, what was it, Gran Turismo 5, where they had, like, the premium cars and the cars that were just, like, ported from, from the PS2. Yeah, they had the ones where they put all the work into it, and it was like, oh, you can check out the inside, and then they were like, here's all these other cars, uh, you can't look inside, and if you look at the bottom, don't look at the bottom, they look like Hot Wheels cars. Yeah, so it feels like that, but with party members. Um, Rip, Zell, and Selfie, they're just kind of there. I've heard this about uh, 
Zellin selfie. But with the other party members, it's really, I'm, I'm having a great time. Um, I'm really enjoying this time around, like the characterization of, you know, everyone talks about squalls, you know, like social awkwardness and, and anxiety, but also I feel like people don't talk enough about, um, about Quistus because Quistus is just a kid who got in the gifted program and then realized they don't understand people. And it's great. I love her. (laughs) She's fantastic. This is how I know we move in very different worlds. Because I feel like the only thing I've ever seen people talk about with respect to Final Fantasy VIII is Quistus. Hmm. Well, she's good. You know, if you, you, you hit R1 or R if you're playing on a Switch like I am, as you do an attack, you just do the gunblade. Oh. It goes bang. Oh. Nice. Yeah, I I have... I have on like my I have it low down on my to-do list, but it's on my to-do list to play Final Fantasy VIII someday because most of what I know about it comes from like an old, you know, like an old like fucking that guy with the glasses era like game rant video about it and I feel like Final Fantasy VIII deserves better. Yeah, I'll I'll agree. I think it deserves better. I think it's a nice like it's a cool like growing up like school anime thing mixed with also your mercenaries and you kill people in a way that isn't like it's not doing some like i feel like if this were a modern anime it would be like that's the twist is they're all sickos and it's like no these are just like professional soldiers but it's impossible to escape the fact that they're also teenagers so if it was a gotcha game it would be completely unchanged it would be way more horny because it's basically zero horny in this game Also, you'd be able to get safer in your party instead of him uh, almost immediately getting locked up for breaking orders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's, it's there might be more character development of the other party members. At least you'd get some kind of like, you know, like social event with Zell where he's like, here's why I love hot dogs and punching. Because I don't know. He just does. Uh, That's his character. Some characters in gotcha games are also just there. <laughs> That's true. That's true. It's really a crapshoot whether, like, the goofy anime girl is just going to be going to do goofy comic relief or it, or if she's going to get, like, a 20-hour visual novel about her anxiety. Yeah, that's fair. How's, uh, how's Blue Archive going? <laughs> <laughs> Damn, these girls rule. I love them so much. <laughs> It's just these little fucking gremlins. I love watching them run around with their weapons. I'm doing a I'm doing a story right now about um, uh, Millennium Academy's Game Development Club, mm-hmm. which is about uh, these two gremlin cat girls and uh, their uh, and their the, their club president who lives in a locker inside the inside the game development room, and. Uh, they're, they're they're in danger of being shut down because one they don't have enough club members and two they made a game which uh received the worst game of all time award and the school is mad because that's an awful thing to have associated with their academy so it's not ideal <laughs> so um the cat girls maintain that people just didn't understand the avant-garde retro game humor 
Um, so they have to go on a quest to uh, make a, a good video game and also find another member. And currently they've done that by breaking into a top secret bunker and stealing an android girl. And then teaching her how to interact with people by making her play video games for 80 hours. <laughs> so now she so now she processes all information that happens in the world in terms of an RPG. Now she just, uh, every conversation, she just stares you dead-eyed directly in the face like an oblivion NPC. <laughs> yes, she does do that. <laughs> Canonically, they have said she does do that. Um... <laughs> Uh, there's a great scene where they go, oh, because we fished you out of a basement, you don't have a weapon yet. Everybody in this city has a personal weapon. So <laughs> they have to, like, go get her a weapon. And she takes a giant rail gun because it's clearly the rarest item there. Is this... Is this the sequence that you posted about earlier where they're robbing a bank, or did the bank robbing happen before this? Okay, so the bank robbing was an entirely different set of girls. <laughs> Um, oh. They have to raise uh, the Abydos Academy Foreclosure Task Force has to raise enough money to get their school out of debt or else it will be foreclosed by mobsters. Um, so they go to the black market and find a black market bank, which funds all of the mobsters. Um, and then one of the girls reveals that her hobby is planning crimes. Um <laughs> She's never actually committed a crime before, but she has, like, a perfect uh, plan to rob any bank in the city. So she, so she's like, guys, it's not a crime if it's a criminal bank. What are they going to do? Call the cops on us? So they do, in fact, rob the criminal bank. Um, and then in the criminal bank at the time is a squad of other girls who have been tasked with uh, uh, assassinating the foreclosure task force and their leader sees the masked foreclosure task force robbing a bank and goes, those girls are so fucking cool. I want them to be my friends. <laughs> uh, this sounds incredible. It's just really stupid anime bullshit. Uh, and I love it. The game makes like no sense. It's completely incoherent. It's just about like watching these girls fuck around and blow shit up. Um, and eat a lot of sweets, and that's all you want sometimes. Yeah, it, does it have any relation to like Blue Reflection? Because that's something else I've been seeing people play a lot of recently. No, no, I'm just playing no. two video games with the word blue in the title. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've actually been trying to finish up Blue Reflection because it's annoying me. I have my. Why is it annoying you? Uh, because I am neurotic. Um. It's just annoying oh, me to look at my list of stuff I'm doing, and then you have Blue Archive and Blue Reflection, no relation. I just want to tidy things up, you know? Sure, sure. And the other one's a gotcha game, so that's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah, the gotcha game's not going away. Yeah. Uh, what have you been playing, Jen? So, I... Well, I... This Sunday, I started back into Umineko since uh, Olivia's been talking about it so much. And, like, <laughs> we've talked about Umineko at length, so I'll probably need to talk about what I played in December instead, which was uh, I finally finished off the other half of Famicom Detective Club. Uh, this time it was The Missing Air. And uh, I don't know if I've talked about the any Famicom Detective Club in this yet. but uh, No, you haven't. Okay. 
yeah, basically, it's a series of old uh, murder mystery visual novels that came out on the Famicom slash uh, NES back in the late 80s. And um, last year, Nintendo decided to team up with uh, Mages, the same studio who's done stuff like uh, Steinsgate and all that, to be like, hey, what if we took these visual novels that no one has ever played in the West before and we just... Uh, gave it a full makeover and released it worldwide. And, uh, yeah, it's, their games, they are very difficult to get through, not because they are challenging, but because, uh, since they relied on NES mechanics, what you are more or less doing to get through each part is, uh, going down a list of talk, think, look, and just mashing through them, because... Sometimes you need to hit think twice in order for it to move along. Sometimes you need to talk about the same subject twice and you don't know whether that's going to happen until you hit the button and the character goes, hmm, or I'm not talking about this or wait, now that you're mentioning twice, as a matter of fact, but <laughs> as annoying as that makes it sound, um, it's like... Each rejection is like a line long, and uh, the rest of it just feels so novel that I'm able to look past and be like, oh yeah, it's an old game. I'm just appreciating that I'm playing something that, uh, like, the author, the person who wrote the Metroid games did before they got into Metroid and all that. And uh, they're still surprisingly effective visual novels. Like, uh... There's something about the first-person perspective that fucking terrifies me in video games. Like, when they give you that perspective but not enough control to actually move around properly, I sometimes just tense up waiting for something to happen. And, uh... This game has some pretty grisly scenes every now and then, even though it's like tea. But, uh... Yeah, there's just something about being... about facing down someone else in the first-person perspective that can really get under my skin, and this game does that several times in very good ways. Hmm. Yeah, I've been interested, um, but haven't gotten around to trying one out yet. Yeah, the other kind of big barrier to entry for that also is just like, if you're buying them together, it's $60. If you're buying one of them by itself, it's like 35 bucks. But uh, even though they have a discount, like... If you buy the $35 one, you can buy the other one at a reduced price, so it still counts out to 60 later. Mm. It's, uh, it's a lot to ask for um, two NES visual novels, each one clocking in around eight hours or so. But it's really yeah. neat to just look back at that time and try something like that. I mean, you say clocking in at eight hours, but what if you didn't use a guide? Um, I didn't use a guide. <laughs> Oh, you're just a, you're just a, okay. Truly, sure. truly, you are the Famicom Detective Club. <laughs> Jen pretends to be a Switch. It's not true. She's just a sub. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. Unnecessary. <laughs> no, no. Olivia, I, I understand as a, as a, like a more distant friend, I can understand why you'd think it was unnecessary, but I know Jen very well. That was extremely necessary. You just didn't know. Sometimes the girl needs to be put on notice. You just didn't have to do it like that. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, 
let's see. Getting my brain back into the swing of things. Uh, we're here to talk about Oxenfree, a 2016 adventure game in the form of sort of like Telltale sort of games, uh, developed by Night School Studio uh, as their first game. Oh, I should have played Ollie Ollie first. <laughs> I don't think about that till just now. It's the first yep. game. Jen said it was the first game. Calm down. No, but Ollie Ollie Oxenfree. That's the that's the joke I was making. Simmer down. Okay. But yeah, you play like uh, five teens as they... Well, you play one teen joined by four other teens as you go to... You travel over to this distant island uh, for a night-long rager that uh, no one else showed up for and do a little exploring and uh, wake up some pretty awful things, more or less. Yeah, so, um, uh, Jen, you've beaten this game before. Olivia, have you? No, I'd never played it. It was one of those, like... You know, sometimes a game just kind of gets mentioned a lot on Twitter, uh, mm-hmm. but you don't get around to it and always meant to. And so I decided to use the podcast as the kicker. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I tried it the year it came out, but the opening the opening minutes uh, rubbed me the wrong way. So I, I dipped at that time. You remember what about it was so off-putting? I fucking hate Ren so much. Yeah, he's, he's, a, little, he's a little dweeb. I mean that in the most disparaging way possible. There's some characters who I might call little dweeb and mean that affectionately, but no. Sure. I can't stand his ass. No, I, I really... I, and he talks so goddamn much of that opening bit. He's just insufferable. Mm-hmm. See, I found Jonas so much more insufferable that uh, Ren kind of got on my good side after a while. Like, what the just being the one... Who, this is such an alien thing to say. It's bizarre. Jonas is just constantly being things like, oh, your pothead friend really sucks. Why'd he bring drugs here? Aren't you just the fucking worst for having these drugs and stuff? And it's like, hey, buddy, chill out, please. In his, my, in my his defense, guy. your pothead friend really does suck and should not be doing so many drugs. Your your podhead friend did go like, oh shit, we're all about to die and I need to be useful. Hang on, let me get more high. Go fuck yourself, Ren. Yeah, that part sucked a lot. But uh, the way that, I don't know, something about Jonas just rubs me the wrong way in that I feel like he's trying very hard to be the cool older brother to you now that he's moved in with your family. But uh it's one of those situations where I feel like if I spent more time with him, it'd be okay. But as is, it's like, okay, just simmer down and try to be, try to be less abrasive towards everyone while we get through this night. I'll give you that it. Yeah. I'll give you that it does like the, the confrontation that Ren and Jonas have. It does feel like a little forced. Um, even though I don't like Ren, I feel like the the story takes some hard to believe leaps in order to make them like at odds with one another. Um, 
I don't know. I, I I found the I found the fact that Jonas was trying too hard to be endearing. Yeah, I mean, he's with a bunch of people he doesn't know, and he's trying to make a positive impression. I don't think anyone I know can say that under those circumstances they wouldn't try a little too hard. I guess that's true, yeah. Though usually when I'm in those sorts of situations, I just go into a corner and hide until people interact with me. You can't do <laughs> yeah, that when there's in that weird case, tri- you die. <laughs> yeah, there's, yeah, you can't do that when there's weird <laughs> triangle aliens. Oh, God, that's true. I guess I <laughs> guess they're get... not aliens, not even slightly, but they got kind of an alienish vibe. I mean, I don't know. You kind of, you know, the the United States Navy kind of alien, you know. Uh, yeah, this this takes place on a Edwards Island, which happened to be it. It basically passed through many hands over time, but at some point, it was a military base, and uh, there was a significant uh submarine that got sunk there mm-hmm. yeah and and basically they are like the the crew members have in death kind of become this like gestalt being um that can travel that is sort of trapped in a different relationship to time and can be attuned to radio waves Um, and so when Alex accidentally wakes it up, um, with the, with the radio, which, here we go, (laughs) negative point to Ren, it was his idea to bring the damn radio in the first place, um, then again, I guess it is Jonas who, uh, just decides to go walk into that fucking platforming ass cave, yeah, um, but yeah, they wake it up and the the kind of like being uh, decides to keep them on the island for long enough until it can take over all of their bodies and escape the island. Kind of like piloting each of these kids. Yeah, and their tool for keeping them here is something that the title alludes to. Much like Ollie Ollie Oxen Free, which you call to kind of just start a game of hide and seek over again. Like... This game is continuously having you walk a certain stretch and then looping it back, maybe changing a thing or two, or just having one character unaware while Alex is very aware that they've had this conversation before and uh, continuously just fucking with you and playing games with you like that just so that uh, enough time passes so they win by default. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the... um. I did like near the end where eventually you can just you you get to the point where Alex uh experiences a time loop goes like oh fuck and someone goes what happened and she just goes time loop and does what she has to do. <laughs> I, I yeah the the one that's one of my favorite things about the dialogue of this game is the way the characters like gradually develop their relationship to the to the supernatural elements right like early on. You, I, I pretty much had Jonas with me the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, early on, I, I, you had a lot of like a, a lot of being like, ah, shit, time loop. And Jonas is like, what are you talking about? And then you get to a point where Jonas is like, oh, it's a time loop. Uh, this really creeps me out that you can tell before I can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and just like, I don't know, the way the way they talk about it really is uh, really is engaging. And also I like, I mean, there's the possession stuff. And I like that Alex isn't immune to it either, because I feel like in a lot of other of this style of game, it'd be like Alex is the one who never 
goes red eyes crazy. Um, but she totally does several times. And that's just like, uh, you, you good. You were talking about how you can't have a sandwich without chips. Mm-hmm. Real example. <laughs> yeah. She's like, uh, she, she's, she's got that kind of like protagonist specialness, but she, she does, she has that by kind of like, by way of what she does later in the story that, that causes a fucking time loop to happen. You know, mm-hmm. it's not necessarily like, oh, she's the faded one who will, uh, who will encounter this thing. It's very much just like, well, there were five kids here and one of them fucked it up. And it was her. Um, yeah. Well, but she can make things better. She could actually save. She could save her brother. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like that. <laughs> Me either. Let's Me talk either. about this part. Oh, weird part. Weird part of that game. Um, don't like how there's like. Okay. So, so there's. Okay. Let's get a little formalist about video games, right? Like, video games as a medium. When they present you with something that you can do, that like, unless they are, unless they make an argument against doing it, it will by default, because of like the way video games work, be better to do it. Do you understand? Yeah, it's 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 an, it's an endorsement by default. Yeah, because like that's what the game is. You play the game to do the things in the game. We'll say that. Saving your brother is not treated like it's without cost in this, because, like, once you come back, like, Alex is in this really weird position where she has all this these memories of uh, Jonas being her new brother and what that was going to mean for them, and all of that is basically destroyed by her real brother coming into the picture. Yeah, but... In, in that case, what happens is, like, the epilogue is like, and you and Jonas are just good friends now. Which seems like like it's a little weird to adjust, but long term it's still the good thing. And, yeah, I. And yeah, it, it's like they try to make it kind of a better option, but it just happens in the epilogue. So functionally, this like erases Jonas from the game is kind of a thing that the game offers you the chance to do, and you know, you know, I'm not saying like. I'm not saying like, oh, the game is bad, just that it's like, oh, for doing this, just that it, it's weird and it doesn't sit right with me. Um, especially what you kind of hear about, you, you get kind of hints and snippets of it about kind of like what Jonas's life was like previously. Mm-hmm. And so it feels like this very, it, it leaves this kind of bad tasting, like we're going to send Jonas back to the fucking uh, shadow realm of being in prison. <laughs> And also, I mean, the the way you save Michael's life is by telling him to not be happy. Yeah. Basically, because he's like, God, I can't stand this town. Like, I, I love you, but I have to get out of here. And also my girlfriend wants to leave and I love her. So really, we have to get out of here. And the way you make it make him live is by being like, well, I don't care about that. You should stay. Mm-hmm. I think it was this close to making it work because at, at some point near the end, Michael p- basically puts it like this. You can take something with you, but you need to leave something behind. And 
all of the endings try and reach for something like that, but they can never quite hit it just because saving someone's life who has been dead since the start of the game is on such a grander scale than all these other options. <laughs> Though I guess you could also, like, save everyone by just closing yourself in with the ghosts. <laughs> and I think the I'm... the way that you... The way that you do it is so weird, too, because I really, I had heard beforehand that it was possible to bring the brother alive, uh, to bring the brother, like, back to life. And so for the whole game, I was like, oh, yeah, he'll be alive if Alex just, like, doesn't, doesn't try to convince him to stay because Alex blames herself for asking him to, like, go swimming with her one last time. And, like, she blames herself because he died going swimming. So, like, it seems to me, like, if we're going to change anything about the past, that's what we... It's this thing, like, she tried to get him to stay a little bit, and he died. So what what did she need to do? Obviously, it's not, like, let go of my brother and realize that he'll be fine no matter what I do. It's actually convince him to stay harder. Yeah, you just need to be more selfish. <laughs> uh, and there is actually a ideal ending of sorts even past all these other ones like uh if you happen to play through the game a second time um there is an option to like break the loop entirely like there's an option to more or less make a message for yourself um towards the end of your second playthrough and um basically once everything is starting back up again Y'all are hanging out at the grocery store. You happen to pick up your message on the radio. And uh, if you say the right thing about it, you can basically send everyone away from Edwards Island. And uh, and it sucks so much. I think this ending is atrocious. Because one, it like the, the making it this time loop negates every other playthrough you do because the ending is always and the loop starts over so none of that made any difference also you have to undo all of the character development so you're back to a situation where clarissa's you know like kind of a nightmare human who who blames this person for the boy death of her boyfriend and can't get over it and alex is still full of a bunch of guilt about this shit and all, all the problems are back and the ghosts are still on loose and someone else is just gonna get fucked it's such a shit ending. Yeah, I don't like it. Um, I'm fine with the time loop stuff happening. Um, just because to me, that's like a classic horror thing. Of like, and then everything turned out well. Or did it? And I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's just why what I don't you, like horror. <laughs> this is just what you do. Um, and it's whatever. Um, but... Yeah, it, there's a lot of stuff in this game that I feel like is hitting the opposite kind of like is kind of hitting me opposite of how I think it is in the game, how I think it is intended to hit you in the game. You know, mm. bringing Michael back to life feels weird. Averting the whole thing feels weird. Yeah, I don't get it. Something else weird with the time loop that I only just remembered once I started playing it again is there's various points where you'll see yourself in a mirror and uh, you could basically see the Steam username or PSN username of your friends who have played it before you and <laughs> they'll be telling you to do something or not do something. And uh, at the end, you kind of just end up doing that yourself, like 
setting your own messages so your own friends can find it. And uh Oh, that would okay. See I played yeah. an, I played an itch copy of this game. Um so I I uh. got to choose the things that the Alex and the mirror said from the start. And so we wrapped back around and it was like oh, Alex was sending it was you sending the messages and I'm like yeah, I was choosing the messages. I was already doing that. Did you guys forget you had me do that? <laughs> yeah, in in like in my version of the game, I could see like on I think the second one, like it's you know it's mirrored, so the text is backwards, but it's the over over the head of the Alex is at JBU three, and I was like, oh, okay, I see what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had various people that uh. Various usernames that appeared when I was doing it, but I think they all pull from your, from your friends list and not like some random online group. Mm-hmm. Which just seems, I guess, very complicated for a feature that I don't feel has much impact at all. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, when it came time to make the decision, I didn't give a shit what my friends had said. I was going to make the choice that I thought felt right, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, but Which there's is... certain. Go ahead. There's certain choices that there's at least one thing that they can say to you that I feel like is a dire warning that I always like paid attention to each time it happens. Like every time I played, either whether it was on PS4 or PC, someone of my friends was was like, "Hey, don't let Jonas talk with his dead mom." And the way that whole scene plays out is always, I just immediately go, "Yeah, this." This is has really bad vibes. I'm going to pull you away from this. <laughs> yeah, but that's wrong. It's fine if you let him talk to his mom. Yeah, it's fine if you let him talk to his mom. Oh, I guess I'm just a dickhead then. <laughs> <laughs> You've been talking to your dead brother the whole time. We, we, why does Jonas not get to have a touching moment with his dead family member? I guess that's a good point. And also, to your point of Ren being a bit of a dickhead, who announces that they have pot brownies and then doesn't give them to anyone he's Bro, like he's got two weed brownies and he doesn't share a single one he doesn't even tell you he has two he's like no nope. that's like the maximum holding out you could possibly do in that situation mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah he goes out of his way to announce oh i have this brownie and when if you ask for it he's like nope this is all for me because <laughs> it's because I'm a special boy and it's my special night. <laughs> <laughs> That's a quote. That's a direct quote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, have, I have to admit something about this writing. Like, uh, I guess the weird teen writing that this and Life is Strange and stuff like that does for me, I kind of enjoy it. Like, a lot of it is a little too cutesy for its own good, but there's something about the rhythm to it that uh, I kind of enjoy. I'm just never bothered by it. I don't know, like, remember back when Riverdale was bigger? People kept being like, nobody on Riverdale acts like a teenager. And I'm like, yeah, they're all 30. Well, I mean, no one on Riverdale acts like a human. That's kind of the thing about yeah, Riverdale. Like, it's, it, uh, I'm like, guys, it's a movie. Calm down. I don't care. <laughs> For me, it was, I, I, I do find the dialogue in Life is Strange pretty insufferable. Um, Go fuck For Oxenfree... <laughs> I'm I'm good, but thank you. Actually, that one was okay. It was like I think the one that really just sticks out to me is the bubble hearth. I've never heard bubble which hearth. Is, 
Yeah, it's a reference to early World of Warcraft. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Um, mm-hmm. It's a it's like a World of Warcraft like like a fucking Burning Crusade PvP reference. Like it's, it's anyway. Um, Oxenfree. What I discovered as I played more is like, oh, I mean, like I don't always love it, but Ren's the only one I would love to die. Um, <laughs> Which, real shame I couldn't get him killed. <laughs> yeah, and that's not really a factor of the writing, except that just, like, Ren is the... I hate him. He's just... His vibes yeah. are so bad. Yeah. Did, yeah. did you two get the conversation where he accidentally says something that sounds like he's going to assault Nona? Oof. No. I did not know. <laughs> so there's, like, a line... At some point, there's a... Oh, it's... Okay, so who did you rescue first? When you like, for when everybody first got split up, because maybe this influences it. Uh, Clarissa, because fuck him. So I did go for Ren at first, and if you do that, you know, on the way there, you meet Nona and then send Nona to the radio tower. And so then after you get Ren, he's like, okay, let's go to the tower. And then Alex and Jonas say, no, we have to get Clarissa. And he goes like, okay, I guess it's just going to be mean. He says something like, I will attend to the fair lady in the tower. Like trying to, trying to ironically be corny, but it's just normal corny. And then Jonas says, hey man, keep it in your pants. And Ren says like, oh, I'll try, but I might not be able to control myself. Ho, ho, ho. And then he goes, oh, that sounded so awful. And everyone's like, yeah, that sounded fucking awful, bud. And then he just leaves and Jonas is like, I hate that guy. I'm like, I hate that guy too, Jonas. Uh, yeah, suddenly a little less hot on Ren than I was earlier. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. He's just like, okay, sometimes a teenager has terrible vibes and you're like, whatever, man, you're like 14, you'll fix yourself. And then sometimes a teenager has terrible vibes and you're like, oh, you're doomed. You can tell, like, it's, it's, these are not developing vibes. The vibes are complete. (laughs) (laughs) This is how he's just going to be. He's going to be 30 and calling them magic brownies. He's going to be 30 and talking about whether or not he can keep it in his pants around the fair ladies. He's just going to, like, the bad ending for him, where it's like he went to college and you just don't really talk anymore. I was like, thank God, better for everyone. No, actually, not better for him. I'm sure he would prefer to have good people in his life. Too bad. You don't get that. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. And, then, oh, that, and then the bad ending for Clarissa is so fucking sad. Yeah. I mean, I, I read it because I got yeah. good ending, but yeah. It's just bad. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the part where you kind of just erase her from all time. Oh, no. That- oh, not that one. <laughs> Jesus, Jennifer. Yeah, I know that's what happens if you give her to the ghost. But, like, there's, like, a mid one where, like, if you just have a bad relationship with her, it says, like, Clarissa moved to college. And then she dropped out. And I think she works at a boutique now. So she, apparently she's scared of the ocean. And it's like, well, that's fucking depressing. As it just zooms in on the picture in my place. I made Clarissa hate me. Um not on purpose it's just uh this is one of those games where like if you role play fuck you um i role played i all right whatever six (laughs) but in my in the like my playthrough people take pictures of the different characters throughout the game and in my final picture literally everyone but but, uh, clarissa is happy 
everybody else is chilling <laughs> and then it's just her all the way to the right looking like somebody just kicked a dog in front of her damn terrible picture <laughs> would not want that as my memento of the time that we almost died well, what if but but what if you also hated clarissa and you're like there it is everyone happy except for the one person i hate who's unhappy hell yeah good night but you hate clarissa she's so fucking i don't know sad. why did why were you so mean why were you so mean to her um because at the beginning of the game uh she was mean and i figured alex would also be mean to her because they didn't like each other then we got the backstory and i'm like oh there i would have i would have done this one differently if i knew the backstory yeah like (laughs) she was the one who was dating your brother and since he happened to go on a swimming trip under your insistence that got him killed like she like unfairly but also you can see where she's coming from blames you in the same way that a teenager would blame someone for that yeah she just hasn't dealt with her shit Mm -hmm. sometimes people haven't dealt with their shit Mm mm-hmm the the vibes of that flashback scene where they're all like hanging out together she has the most this clarissa in that flashback is like a teenager with the strongest stepmom vibes i've ever seen in my life (laughs) (laughs) like oh my god she's like hey you know uh glad we girls could get a moment together i know it sucks when the special man in your life has has a a new girl that he's spending all his time with but i really appreciate you being so cool about it kiddo i and you know i had fun today i hope you i hope you did too and it's like aren't you 15 (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah like i feel like that sort of character in those sorts of situations would more or less just play nice with you while while the brother's around but then as soon as he leaves kind of just look the other way and kind of pull out your phone or something yeah i was really expecting her to just be kind of like awkward but she's like it reads like michael is remarrying (laughs) well and and in my ending when we were on the ferry back she's like i mean ren still seems to kind of suck but we three should go shopping i'm like (laughs) Yeah, we should. We should go shopping. That'd be nice. We could get Jonas some normal clothes. He isn't just pretend, but he's, his vibe is just like, he is such like a teenage dirtbag vibe. It's like, can we just get this guy a shirt? Just a normal shirt. I just, I thought a lot about the Avril Lavigne song, Skater Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Like, uh, our friend, our friend uh, Jackson has one of the classic tweets, which is like, you know, thinking about the song Skater Boy and like talking to this lady and being like, oh, you broke up with him because he was a skater, but you didn't realize he was also in a band. (laughs) (laughs) So did you let Jonas pick that lock or did you go in the window like a dickhead? I went through the window. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I let him you may notice lock. I'm somewhat like a dickhead <laughs> thanks for pointing it out on air Olivia <laughs> yeah I, I let him pick the lock I figured he would be he was very eager to show off the one cool trick he had so I was like okay yeah go ahead <laughs> big bro needs a W let him get that one W on the board otherwise he's taking straight fucking L's this entire game Here's a W. You're you're the only man in the group besides Ren. That's a pretty big dub. <laughs> it did piss me off after I let him do the lockpick and show off and stuff. 
and didn't even question about how he learned how to do that or anything. And then, like, an hour later, he was all up in my grill about skipping a test to go to see a band. Be like, oh, that was really irresponsible of you, Alex. Why'd you do that? <laughs> I really don't think you should have done that. He had a, and He had a weird conversation <laughs> with Alex in my playthrough where he's like... He, he was like, hey, so, like, I don't know. Sometimes I just get this vibe, this weird vibe from you, you know? And Alex is like, what are you talking about? And he's like, you know, kind of, uh, yeah, don't worry about it. And I was like, okay, I guess this will huh. come up later. Never did. Well, maybe you were picking too many bitch choices. <laughs> <laughs> She's a bitch. Uh, yeah. That's her character. Alex is such a bitch. That that can be her character. That was not the choices I she made. She goes back and forth between being a huge nerd and being a bitch. <laughs> You're just <laughs> describing yourself, Olivia. This don't don't put this on. No, her. I'm better at this than she is. When I do it, it's cute. Sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> it is interesting just how many different dialogue variations we've had. Because like, I was looking at some behind the scenes stuff after. Um, playing this and one of the two founders and designers uh for this game um happened to come from telltale and one of the things they bragged about was okay a telltale a typical game has two thousand lines of dialogue here we have twelve thousand lines of dialogue and uh i'm not sure you need to put that much work into it but it is kind of neat how different your conversations can go based on whether you're what prompts you're answering and whether you're answering them at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess I appreciated it because especially, you know, doing novel, not new, we've had multiple instances where like we've picked game, we played, you know, narrative games with choices and we would get to a point where suddenly we had a conversation that felt like it was from a different playthrough. Right. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like that happened to me in this game. Sometimes I felt like, well, you're kind of acting like, like, you know, like the Jonah's Ren argument. It was like, well, this seems a little forced, but it doesn't feel like I'm like, does the game forget about this choice I made? It's just like, oh, you guys are being a little more shitty than I would have expected. The boys are fighting. (laughs) When they fought, you definitely, like, I definitely went, fuck this, I'm going off with Nona. Did everyone else do that too? I went with Jonah's. Oh, yep. okay. <laughs> That's my boy. Because I was like... That's my boy. I was like, listen, y'all are being kind of shitty right now, but one, it's going to be like, God, can you imagine? Okay, they're fighting. Now we're just going to leave them here for hours with no fucking supervision. Yeah. No. Terrible idea. You- also, Jonas is on edge because Jonas is the only one here who doesn't know anyone. Yeah. I had very, like... I had this very, like... uh, Like, the chicken and fox problem you know, mentality to it. Mm. It's like, okay, you can't leave Ren and Jonas together because one of them's going to kill the other. You can't leave, like, Jonas and Nona together because God forbid you give Ren something else to be shitty about, you know? Like, um, if you if you do that, it was so easy for me to see, like, oh, and then Ren gets jealous of Jonas because he's, like, actually able to talk to a woman. So I was like, okay, so I'm just taking uh, Ren, I'm just taking Jonas with me. But I didn't I didn't have this problem because I, my my playthrough didn't go this way. But it sounds like from yours, you had a you had a third problem of you can't leave Ren with Nona because he sort of threatened to assault her. He's just a loser dweeb. 
Like, <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't find that like an actual. I, I, I found that slip like not like oh, like Ren is revealing like something deep about himself, and more like he's a fucking idiot who doesn't think about anything that he says. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fair. And yeah. Yeah, meanwhile, I was doing a bit of role-playing myself just because, like, I was just... I, just seeing the two of them fight, it was like, okay, I'm not gonna take sides here. Y'all both suck. I'm going with the one character I haven't spent any time with, so I'm gonna learn a little bit more about Nona. Yeah, and, yeah I didn't learn shit about Nona. <laughs> yeah, she's she seems kind of like she doesn't have a lot of friends, but she's very good friends with Clarissa, and... Like, she has a really sweet conversation with you about how, like, hey, Clarissa, um, I I had this birthday party that a bunch of people didn't go to because someone else had scheduled their party for that time. But Clarissa made time for me and bought me a cake and all that. So, Aww. by the way, you're invited to my birthday party now if you want to come. <laughs> and it was it was really sweet. Clarissa's such a mensch. Yeah. yeah. She's a good fucking guy. You, we... We must have all picked the same thing for FMK, right? Uh, I think I didn't play that. I think I told them oh, I'm really? not doing this, man. Oh, uh, all right. Fair enough. That must have been one of your bitch points. <laughs> don't rise to the provocation. It's so clearly a provocation. Just don't rise to I, it. But the problem is, I don't I didn't mind because it's so easy. Like, <laughs> yeah, listen, I'd fuck Clarissa, I'd married. I'd marry Nona. Goodbye, Ren. Like, <laughs> duh. <laughs> Man, the vibes, on, the vibes on saying fuck Clarissa when you know the whole backstory is very... Ooh. It turns it turns out it's weird, but Clarissa is... When you say that, she's like, I mean, yeah. I'm the hot one here. <laughs> <laughs> what's, great in that, what's great in that initial party scene, speaking of Clarissa, there's this really good interaction where I think Ren, like, tries a move to, like, invite Nona to go somewhere with him Mm -hmm. um i think she mentions like finding something interesting and he goes hey why don't we should check why don't we check it out and clarissa just goes ren and ren goes yeah and she goes i'm very clingy (laughs) i'm like love you bitch (laughs) you're so good she's she's just looking out for her girl like (laughs) the 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 achievement you get for keeping them apart at the end is called like you would have just hated each other anyway and it's like no nona would have hated him <laughs> he would not have hated Nona. i mean my read of them getting together is that like nona is not harsh is not harsh enough on him actually exactly she's like oh well you know he's like she has that line where she in the like bad future where you where he like dies and she's like oh i kind of liked him and i'm like why why (laughs) it's i i feel like people often use uh like you know like someone not being good enough for you in a way that i don't appreciate right like you know i don't know they're not hot enough for you they're not rich enough for you ren is not good enough for nona because he's not a good person (laughs) you deserve better nona you deserve so much better you deserve a you deserve a fellow art bitch honestly in fact you know what hi i'm alex i'm single right now (laughs) (laughs) Uh, they're like going to a fucking like repertory theater for their first date like she deserves somebody who would actually be into that Mm, do you think ren has ever seen a movie that wasn't made by marvel no (laughs) 
He's uh, be be nice. He went to Pineapple Express. <laughs> you saw Harold and Kumar. <laughs> See, I definitely read Ren as someone who like takes a film class in high school, and like there's like one movie in particular that is just so fucked up that he can't just stop talking about it anytime someone is talking about movies. But uh, for the most part is in that class just because it's an easy credit to him. Yeah, I feel like I feel like I I got a similar vibe but not quite the same which is he takes a film class and then he has this fun story about how you can take film class but never show up and still get good grades. Bastard man. Nasty little <laughs> He goblin. had a story like that early. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> I'm right. <laughs> He goes in this whole explanation about how, oh yeah, you don't actually have to turn in an essay in the situation. You can just make film posters and be like, this is, and give an excuse about why you're doing film posters. But I kind of did it for three different classes, so they probably won't accept it anymore. Ha ha ha. Alex also deserves better than Ren. Everyone deserves better than Ren. Girl, I know you've only got like one friend, but now you have Jonas, so you can just get rid of Ren. And Nona and Clarissa. I mean, you don't quite have Nona, but you've got Clarissa. And if you've got Clarissa, you're going to have Nona before yeah, long. Yeah, she's going to come. <laughs> like, Nona's going to be there. Because <laughs> again, Clarissa's a mensch. You're going to ask her to hang out and she's going to go, is it okay if Nona comes? And you're going to be like, absolutely, Clar- Clarissa, you're so cool. Huh. <sighs> How much of this podcast yeah. by volume is just us shitting on one character? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like, uh, you know, we're going to have an email in a, in a minute here to talk about um, and we'll read the email proper and answer properly. But one of the, the, the question at the end is, are there any games you played that turned out extremely differently from your expectations? And the answer is this one, because my initial impression was, oh, my God, I can't stand this man. And I think everyone just sounds like this man. Like. The fact that I ended up not spending time with Ren was the difference between me liking this game and not liking this game. <laughs> <sighs> Did y'all end up ever? Did y'all happen to tune into like stuff that was teasing the sequel? Because like apparently they just patched that in a few months ago, and like I had I've played this game a few times um, since it came out in 2016, and I was just messing around with the radio, and suddenly I was just hearing something that was completely fucking different from anything I'd ever heard before, like different from the little side scavenger hunt they can send you on different from the numbers station different from all that and uh, i don't know i mean i heard some weird shit I don't yeah know. i heard some, I don't I heard know some what weird was what. shit but i wouldn't be able to pick up anything as like this is the one teasing the sequel <laughs> yeah uh, apparently it's like the num the radio number station is like around 97 or something like that but uh yeah, I happened to hear it, and I checked the patch notes for the game, and they mentioned, like, in August, we've, we're picking up new singles now. Check these specific locations, and it's like, oh, okay, this is an Oxenfree 2 thing. Hmm. They should release Oxenfree 2, and it's just this game. <laughs> that, would be su- that would be such a pro move. <laughs> 
especially right after they got bought by Netflix and stuff. <laughs> Being like, okay, don't worry, Oxenfree 2 is still coming, and it's still coming to all the platforms. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of scavenger hunts, did anyone find all the Ansem reports? <laughs> no. I didn't yeah, care. I, didn't, I didn't do it either. I found one of them, and that was because, like, I was walking in direction anyway, and a prompt came up, and uh, I hit it, so I picked it up. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing about video games. Video games fucking love making you wander around a map picking up things to tell you, like, oh, this is gonna be the secret, you're gonna find out everything, and it's never cool. Like, it's, it's never that interesting, and so I stopped doing these things. I mean, listen, Kingdom Hearts. That I mean, you mentioned Ansem reports. There's one of them was written by Mickey Mouse. That's pretty cool. Mickey Mouse is never cool. He's a he's a ninja. When the, when the dude who does the the dragoon shit with the spears beat me in two, Mickey bailed me out. <laughs> he saved my life. That's weird because the guy with the spears beat me in two as well. Mickey was also there. Yeah, it's one of the one of the scripted ones. <laughs> yep, every once in a while, like throughout the game, there's a random dice roll that ha- says, "Okay, is Mickey gonna save your ass or not?" But for that specific fight, I guess since that fight is just super duper hard, they're like, "Okay, we'll give you this one for free." Why did I say that in the tone of like, "I just talked to Mickey Mouse and he says he hates you"? <laughs> Why did I say it like that? <laughs> I mean, some... he found it about my Oswald mug. <laughs> and some report number 56. I just met someone and I think he's a bitch Mickey Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> I guess before we go to questions, one other thing I wanted to ask is if anyone has played any of the other games that Night, Di- that, uh, Night School Studios has done. Like, uh... I've played most of their games. Like, I even played the one that they did, like, the same year as Oxenfree, which was basically the Mr. Robot tie-in game for phones. Um, Basically, it plays, like, Lifeline. If you're not familiar with Lifeline, it's basically a game where a character texts you every so often, and then you respond with something to move the narrative forward. They basically just made one of those as a contract thing for telltale and then telltale because telltale was going through its stuff didn't properly pay them for that or the other project they were working for so yeah (laughs) yeah i didn't i heard good things about that one i didn't play it and then i heard after party sucked ass so i didn't play that yeah similarly i didn't hear good things about after party and i was like well if i'm gonna play a game by one of these people it's gonna be oxen free anyway so yeah, I- I'm the one here who played, like, a few hours of After Party, and, like, it came out at a really weird time for me, because, like, 2019 was the year when I decided, okay, alcohol's no good for me, I'm I'm gonna stop drinking entirely, and here comes a game where the whole mechanic is, like, you're in hell and you're drinking specific things to, like, unlock certain dialogue options, or be braver, or be smoother, or things like that, and... Like, they're ultimately working up to a message about how, like, you can overdo it and it's terrible. But, uh, yeah, I 
I was not in the right space of mind in that time to like be particularly fair towards it. And mm -hmm. even now, I think if I played it, it'd be like, yeah, this isn't too good. Mm -hmm. It really wanted to be a LucasArts game, but it couldn't manage it. That's the worst thing I could possibly hear about a video game. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I I already don't even like LucasArts games. Oh yeah, wow! I don't think I do either. <laughs> I guess I'm the only one who likes those kind of games. Then. Yeah. In the world, yeah. Yeah. Lu uh, George Lucas came out and he was like, "I'm really disappointed to put my name on these. These are fucking trash." I thought it was kind of harsh of him, to be honest. I want to hear George Lucas say fuck so badly. <laughs> <laughs> there has to be, like, there has to be, like, a bit of behind-the-scenes footage where he said that once on one of the sets of Star Wars, but it'll never be released anytime ever. I'm googling George Lucas saying fuck. <laughs> Do you know that George Lucas clip where... They're, like, doing Attack of the... They're, like, on the behind-the-scenes for Attack of the Clones, and a guy goes, like, R4, he's just R2-D2 painted red, isn't he? And Luke says, like, you better watch what you say about R4. You might get bopped on the head. Why would you ever say something like that? But it's such a funny thing to say. Um, And then the version I saw, it... um. Uh, takes footage of uh, Lucas doing like lightsaber practice and whacking people with the lightsaber and plays like really hard music over it. <laughs> I can't find footage of him saying fuck. I'm sorry. Also, we're going really far, but have you heard the story about um, how they couldn't get um, Owen McGregor to stop making lightsaber noises? <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> he was making his own lightsaber noises when they were filming fight scenes for the prequels. Uh, that sounds about right because like when you see footage of him getting into his padawan stuff in like uh episode one for the first time like he mm -hmm. just is inconsolably giddy like he's just bouncing all over the place yeah like there's star wars fans working on that movie you know and uh he was like super fucking excited to be there so mm-hmm there's that great clip of uh, how Mace Windu has the purple lightsaber uh, just because Samuel L. Jackson <laughs> thought it needed to be cool. He was like, Mace Windu needs the coolest lightsaber. And George Lucas thought about it for a second and said, yeah, you're so right. <laughs> and made it purple. Good stuff. Yeah. I think it sounds like we're out of things to say about Oxenfree, so I'm going to take it to our, our emails here. Uh -huh. uh, if you want to send an email, you can send it to abnormalmappingpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to put novel, not new in the subject line because multiple shows use that same email address. Our first email is from Cody. Hello. When I played Oxenfree, I was not aware at all it was a horror game. I am a big baby when it comes to horror, but I pushed through it because I enjoyed the game. Are there any games you played that turned out extremely differently from your expectations? Thank you, Cody. Extremely differently from my expectations. I thought I would have fun when I played Dota 2. <laughs> Why? Because I'm stupid. Haven't you been... How long have you fucking known me? <laughs> uh, hmm. 
games that turned out really differently from my expectations. I will say I am also a baby about horror, and Oxenfree was a level I could handle, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will... Okay. So I, I mentioned earlier that I'm playing Blue Reflection 2. Mm-hmm. There's, like, real ass gay people in that game, which I wasn't expecting. Hmm. There are there are two there are two characters who are homosexual and they enter into a relationship with each other over the course of the game, and I did not think we were going there. I thought it was yeah. gonna be I thought it was gonna be queer bait city, um, and then the thing about putting uh actual gay characters in your queer bait city game is like really changes the vibe of all of that stuff, you know? Sure. It, it, it's. You know, the scenes where the girl where uh, the girls are talking about marrying each other is very different when you can point to like the actual lesbians. They're right there. <laughs> like you can't just say stuff like that. The lesbians are right there. <laughs> At some point, they're gonna turn to you and be like, "Hey, get a room or something." <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny how one of the lesbians you can flirt with her a lot, and every time she's just kind of like, "Please, calm down." No. <laughs> she like she she still has like a, a very sweet and uh relationship with the main character but anytime the main character gets explicitly flirty she's just like oh my god you're so much stop <laughs> stop <laughs> uh blue reflection 2 is really good yeah sounds like it but yeah for me in terms of this question like first Oxenfree also kind of has this weird thing where, I don't know, it feels like it's going for something like Super 8 J.J. Abrams vibes at points, and then, like, suddenly Clarissa is jumping off of buildings and people are getting hanged, and it's very grim compared to the rest of the game in a way that kind of takes you by surprise. But, uh, yeah, overall, it's... I'd say overall, I feel like it took six by surprise a little bit, but uh, it's something that you can get through for the most part but uh in terms of games that turned out differently than my expectations uh backbone is such a weird game that came out last year and like the first half of it plays out the way that they marketed it like you're this little raccoon uh private eye getting into rough situations to find out secret truths and uh dealing with all sorts of other animal people. Very traditional in its structure that way. And then, without spoiling things, it decides it's going to be a very different game in its back half. And that's a reason why a lot of the people who, like, backed it or, like, uh, ended up playing it through Game Pass or whatever ended up kind of hating the game. But, uh... Hmm. Overall, I did like that it subverted my expectations there, and even though I wasn't entirely sold on the way it ended, I at least thought it was re- refreshing that it didn't go the exact way I thought it would. Yeah, there are a lot of games that I um, that I felt like I liked more or less than I expected, but as far as like the like the tone and stuff not being what I expected, I feel like that's kind of rare. So it's hard to think of examples. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, well, this one's pretty negative, but um, there's a game called The Tenants, which uh, it's by the people who did um, the... Um, I'm pretty sure it's by the same people who did uh, like House Flipper. And all the advertising and stuff was very much like, listen, landlords suck ass and like try and be you know, a good person running housing for these people. And you play the game and it's like, no man, we fucking love landlords. And I was like, wow. Okay. I hate this. Uh, So that's that. Don't recommend that game. So yeah. um, Yeah. Do you want to read the next one, Jen? Sure. So uh, this one came in from uh, Kyrie or Zelosan and, uh, I can say your first real name just because we're dating, but yeah. <laughs> um, she asked. You're allowed to. You're allowed to dox people you're dating. <laughs> when you put it that way, oh no. <laughs> uh, anyway, the question: Oxenfree is known for its unique dialogue system that feels like an evolution of the dialogue system seen in Telltale games. Oxenfree's reminds me of another game with a complex dialogue engine: Poker Night at the Inventory. However, as impressive as the system is, it still shows cracks with stilted transitions. My question is this. Does Oxenfree benefit from this dynamic dialogue engine? And ultimately, is it any better compared to highly authored and tightly scripted dialogue found in most games? Okay. So you know what I hate about video games? Playing them. No. It's when a video game guy is like, hey man go do X and you get control of your character back and you're like, Oh, I'm going to do X. And then like half a second passes and the character's like, uh, go do X stupid. And you're like, fuck you. I hate you so much. I was literally just going to do there. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. This whole game is that. It's how the entire dialogue engine works. You'll literally just be reading the things to say. And then a character will be like, uh, earth to Alex. And it's like, I didn't even run out of fucking time yet. Yeah, it's... So, with video games, there's this thing where, like, as you said, Olivia, it more or less tries to push you forward with the dialogue, but it's... I feel like I have developed this habit when playing these certain games where I try and find the best timing to select each option or like how fast or how slowly I should be moving through an environment to let everything play out. Like mm-hmm. games have more or less trained me to be an E3 presenter of games at times, just being like, okay, I got to see all of this. So I better move at a snail's pace while this character is talking about this particular thing or move fast if they're telling me to run or whatever. But uh, like, I feel like this game did have a problem where Occasionally, when you're selecting an option, suddenly you just cut them off entirely instead of, like, waiting for a beat to talk. And, Mm -hmm. like, that's a problem I do have in real life sometimes just because autism makes it kind of hard to tell exactly when to say things sometimes. But uh, that shouldn't be a thing in your video game. Like, your character should be (laughs) able to, like, chime in at the right moment when you choose an option so you can hear, like, the whole dialogue thing play out before you advance things but uh on the other hand i was ready to come here and say the same thing right about about the cutting people off and i do think it is a little bit of a problem but i noticed something 
it happens way, way, way less when you're not talking to Ren. (laughs) And I was like, oh, Ren is just the kind of person where you have to interrupt him or he won't shut the fuck up. (laughs) Okay, so you're thinking that, like, Alex is, like, adjusting herself to Ren with Ren to just, like... As soon as she a thought appears, it's like, okay, I need to nip Ren's thoughts at the bud just so I can get this out. Yes. Ren is Ren is absolutely the person who will just have a conversation by himself and walk away being like, wow, that went great. And you just have to fucking cut him off. I can't stand that little freak. <laughs> <laughs> uh even uh, even in the questions section, we're all for <laughs> well, now me it's the a fuck bit. club, I guess. For me, it's a bit now. <laughs> I'm just going to keep going. It's, it's a bit, but it's also a true bit. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I mean, okay. I know the dialogue system is just kind of, is kind of one of the selling points of the game. I kind of don't see the point. I don't know what we gain. Um... Uh, from this kind of system over a normal dialogue system for especially for all the trade-offs of making conversations sound really weird at times i don't know i just wouldn't have done it i mean i think i like it, it occasionally it did this and that's part of my theory about ren is like you would pick things and then it wouldn't say the line for a moment it would wait until there was a pause um at times and it reminds me of my favorite dialogue system ever from Lady Killer in a Bind, which is a fucking incredible dialogue system where opportunities to say things come and go. And if you wait, sometimes you'll get more opportunities because people will say more things. Mm-hmm. I do think I like that idea of like, I, you know, I don't have a problem with just a basic dialogue tree, but the way silences or interruptions can completely change a conversation i think can be a really cool thing to include and it's also worth pointing out that like many of its contemporaries in 2016 were going like the clearly good choice clearly bad choice either marked by a change in color or like a dialogue wheel that uh Mm -hmm. flipped one way or the other and just having a thing where the game just keeps going and isn't waiting for you to like chime in at all times like that that felt a lot different to a lot of people back then (laughs) but at the same time i feel like the game's always waiting for you to chime in well you can play the whole game only saying one thing there is one part at the very end where you have to say something otherwise you can stay silent for the entire game yeah but then every time you don't say anything characters look at you and they go uh alex are you gonna say anything i guess you're not saying anything huh that's weird Anyway, now on to the next conversation bit. Like I feel like I feel like silence would work a lot better in this in these games if it feels like every time you choose silence, it's so clearly signposted with like here's the character saying the thing that is reacting to your being silent, you know? Yeah. Um and and that feels very unnatural to me because sometimes you are silent to just let somebody keep talking. Um works again works with ren because ren doesn't even notice that other people aren't participating jonas basically always comments yeah i'm like man calm down you're doing too much take the anxious boy he just wants to know that you approve of what he said Mm -hmm. oh i get bringing things back to the discussion of the game just really quickly um 
did anything ever come of people talking about how, oh yeah, Jonas was in prison once, or... No. I mean, I found out why. Oh. I, never, I didn't find out why. Oh. Um, his mom had just died, and someone threw a baseball at his head, and he beat that kid up. Seemed perfectly fair. Sure. Yeah, that that's <laughs> fair play for sure. His his hometown just sounded like kind of shitty, so I just yeah. assumed I don't know. Maybe he did some petty crime. Maybe he stole a yeah. car. Also, technically, he went to juvie. He didn't actually go to jail. Yeah, I, was, I don't know. That's Maybe like... he stole. He he did go to juvie, um, but for some teenagers, it's all jail. You know. Yeah, totally. That was totally. How... That was how Alex... I think Alex had a few dialogue options where she could just be like, so, you were in jail, huh? And it's like, he wasn't, mm-hmm. in, he wasn't in jail. First of all, you mean to say he was in prison. Second of all... I, I, do, I am annoyed that in that conversation, the, the best op- op dialogue option I had was to be like, I mean, listen, you know, we can't all do the right thing every time. I understand. What I wanted to say was, man, fuck that kid. Get his ass. <laughs> yeah, that's assault. Bro, baseballs are hard. Yeah. Even if you didn't do it right I, after your mom died, that's kind of dangerous. Like, yeah, if someone intentionally, and he does say it was intentional, threw a bice- baseball at my head, I would fuck them up. You could have killed me. Mm-hmm. Head trauma? <laughs> Don't fuck around with head trauma. No. Yeah. I, I guess one thing that this dialogue system absolutely doesn't fix is the whole... I wish I could be saying something different than the three options here, though. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, unless you want to have, you know, night school GM for you, you're just, that's just going to happen. Yeah. And I don't want them to GM for me. <laughs> I'd be like, I'd be like, I know you really like this character, Ren, but I really don't. <laughs> Why do you put him in every campaign? Uh, Olivia, will you read the last email for us? Okay, so Danny says, Hey all, I enjoyed Oxenfree quite a bit. Never realized that there was a secret ending where you could alter the past and save your brother, which thinking about it is kind of a weird thing to include. Yeah, yeah, we agree. Yeah. <laughs> so I was just curious, what is your favorite horror-themed game? Mine is probably System Shock 2, though Umineko is also up there. However, they are so different, I have a hard time comparing them. Keep reading, Danny. Hmm. Um... God, this is so basic. I'm gonna say World of Horror. <laughs> cause, just cause World of, World of Horror just rules. It looks so good. Yeah, I, I think I might need to go back to World of Horror at some point, cause like my main sticking point with it is that the scenes repeated a little too often for me, but uh, I played it in early access, so they've probably added a lot since then. Mm. I, I like, I don't mind when scenes repeat, um, because then it adds, like, stability to the run, you know? I'm fine with only seeing, like, 10% new scenes. If it's like, oh, well, now I know what I can choose to, like, uh, uh, increase my chances of survival. Because there's some, there's some rough stuff in that game. Like, uh, if you get, if you get the mystery that's, like, uh, like the red-cloaked horror, you're like, oh, I need to gear up before I fight this guy. So, I don't mind having, like, that, that repetition. Because it also means knowing how to get the best outcomes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess that is a good point. If you're making, like, if you're playing a roguelike or something like that, it's good to have certain points where you know what 
you, you know what to do to get through it so that you can eventually say, okay, I've beaten this game. Mm-hmm. So my three picks are all different types of basic as well. So mm-hmm. apologies. Uh, one of them is uh, the original PS1 Resident Evil 2. Mm-hmm. That game fucking rules. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the remake is good, but it's not, it doesn't capture, as a horror game, I don't think it, it captures the same kind of feel. Jeff Gerstmann um, voice Resident Evil. <laughs> Jeff Jeff Gerstmann voice, no they aren't. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, then I would say uh, Condemned Criminal Origins. First one, I liked a lot. The second one where they revealed that it was everything was because of evil hubcaps was really strange. Um, didn't like that as much. Um, but I don't know, the first person fight, it was, it was really scary to fight people in the dark with a pipe. That was real scary. Hmm. Um, and then the third really basic option is, uh, from this, from this past year, Inscription's really good. You should play Inscription. Hmm. Yeah. Inscription is really good. Um, I guess if we're going to go with three, um, first, just to get the Resident Evil out of the way, um. Resident Evil Village is already up there for me, just in terms of, like, it's just so well-designed, and it's such a blast to go through that castle, and uh, it's, like, the best bits of Resident Evil 7 and Resident Evil 4 combined into an interesting mix. Um, Second one, since uh, Danny already mentioned it, uh, Umineko is... I don't know if I would call it a horror game, but it does have some pretty fucking scary things in it. And it I, made... the question was horror. The question was horror themed, and I would have no problem saying Umneko is a horror themed game. Oh right, mm-hmm. yes, it is horror themed because it's dealing with the whole <laughs> witch killing everyone and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you're in four. You're gonna see some horror shit happen in that game. Oh, okay. I'm several <laughs> hours in, so I'm like, okay, I'm going to brace for that now. And uh, my third one is, well, this is also something of a recent one, and it's not entirely finished, but uh, I really loved what I played of Scarlet Hollow. Like, I think that's a game that does both humor and horror very well. And uh, it's something that I'm like waiting with bated breath for the next chapter which is supposed to release in like the next month or so and uh once it actually comes out i would love to like recommend it to more people or even like cover it here at some point if uh six is okay with it assuming it's more it lean it continuously leans towards comedy to the same degree it is but yeah very good game uh also, just two more real quick. Nine 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 is very good, and I'm sure if Jen had if it had occurred to Jen, she would have mentioned Danganronpa. Yes, Danganronpa is incredible, <laughs> but I can also see why people would not want to play it. So, sure, I, yeah. I always feel like no. mentioning that whenever it comes up. <laughs> but yeah, thank you for the questions, everyone. Um, if you would like to talk about whatever we talk about next, or anything else in general, really, you can send them over to abnormalmappingpodcast at uh, gmail.com and be sure to put novel not new or NNN in the subject line. As for what we're playing next, uh, we're going to be tackling Riven, the sequel to Mist, 
the sequel to Mist is in its title, even. But uh, yeah, it's oh, the it's, second it's Mist literally game. Called Riven, the sequel to Mist. <laughs> yeah, it's on the box and stuff. Listen, if you made the sequel to Mist, you would also. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mist was like the at one point easily the best-selling computer game of all time, and uh, still does pretty well for itself, I'd say. But R- uh, Riven, the sequel to Mist, from the creators of Mist. <laughs> Inspired by Pissed. Oh no, we don't talk about Pissed here. <laughs> I talk about Pissed all the time, you know this, Jen. This is this is at least the third time in the last six months I've mentioned Pissed to you. I guess that is true, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Riven holds a special place in my heart, at least when I was a kid, just because uh, it is missed, but even larger, and it does some interesting things like it teaches you its own, like, fictional language to decode certain things, and it just has really cool vibes to it. Just incredible environmental storytelling. But we'll see if that holds up when we play it next month. <laughs> oh, and now uh, Six is posting images of Pissed. <laughs> Starring John Goodman. Indeed. Uh, hey, Olivia, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at Great Grebe, uh, where you can find a pinned tweet to all my other podcasts. Great. And how about you, Six? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Six Detmar, S-A-X-D-E-T-T-M-A-R. You can also find my work at ScanlineMedia.com or Patreon.com slash ScanlineMedia. And you can find all my work pretty much in the same places as Six, though um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at JBU3. And yeah, um, in February, prepare Quick save. for... <laughs> in February, prepare for Mist, but I mean, prepare for Riven. Prepare for Riven in February. And until next time, uh, see ya. Why don't we say keep reading?